So very good morning to everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Arcade and Podcast. This week's podcast is called All Things Ice. Um, delighted as always to have Philip from Arcadum on the call. Morning, mate. How you doing? Not so bad, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, matey. I'm all right. We're going to try our best not to talk about football on this week's podcast. So let's uh, don't 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 let's don't. let's see how we get on. So I want to dive straight into the first set of questions, if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really looking forward to seeing Arcadum at Ice um, next month in London. Are you guys making to sort of look a make a major splash this time? Yeah, we're we're actually going to make quite a large splash for us compared to Ice last year. Um, we're really following up on the Sigma hype that we generated with the stand. Yeah. But this time, we're not going to have a stand because we're still in the process of getting the UK license, which takes a bit of time, so there's no point in you know cementing ourselves to a stand. Yeah. What we're doing instead is we're going to have a really big media presence at the show. So you're going to see on the screens around the show, you're going to see Arcadum sneak peek videos like promoting what's coming in Q1. And then you're also going to see an interview that's going to take place live at the show uh, the next day and the day after that. Wow. Okay, cool. So, what was the what was the decision behind um, not having a stand? Because obviously, I know when you did Sigma in November, there was a big stand, there was a big splash. <laughs> What's the difference between Sigma and the Ice Show for you not to do that route? Both are really big shows, but for Sigma, it made more sense because it was like Arcadum 2.0 is here this month. Yeah, this is us. This is what we're doing, and um, the fact it's jurisdictional as well. So, for the UK to launch the UK market, we need the UK license. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of that. Uh, with Sigma, we need DMJ, and again, we're in process of that as well. But right. a lot of people go from our current markets in Curacao to kind of uh, Sigma as well. So we attract a lot of attention. They do go to ICE, and that's why we're having the media presence. But ICE would have been perfect if we had the UK license. Next yeah. year, we're probably going to have a stand at ICE. Cool. And are you guys, you know, because obviously if you haven't got a stand, it's very difficult, I find, whenever you go to these types of events to to find people. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, if somebody wants to, once they've seen some of the media stuff that you guys put out, are they going to be just coming to try and find you or do they just connect with you on social media? What's mm-hmm. what's the best way for people to reach out with you while you're at the event? Well, ICE is huge. Um, it's yeah, the it's in London. It's, yeah. And the Gamma Ministry takes over that entire space during the week. It's, walking across that space is insane. Yeah. Normally what you do, we've, we've done it recently on social media, we've announced that we're going to ICE and yeah. people can reach out and you know book meetings, which, which they have, and Kim's got tons of meetings planned. And cool. for myself, it's more, I'm a kind of, like a winger in football, I can kind of do what I want. Right, so okay. I'm going there, I'm meeting some people, I'm meeting some affiliates, I'm meeting uh, some you know games-related stuff, and I'm also helping Kim with some of the client meetings. But again, if people see us on you know, the, the social spaces, on the TVs, whatever, they can always reach out to us on LinkedIn, Skype, whatever. I'm pretty sure people know my face by now. Been on yeah. lots of stuff recently yeah. uh, and in the past. So, yeah, just, you can always reach out and set up meetings. And to be fair, you bump into people so much that you've not seen in God knows how long because of COVID. Because uh, ICE was very low-key last year. Uh, it was right. like half the size and it was very downtrodden. and It was okay, but it wasn't ICE as you know it. But ICE is back in full swing now. So you're going to see people just walking around that you're not seen in a long time. You go, oh, hey, how's it going? Let's grab a coffee, you know, let's yeah. have a drink, let's talk. And that's always a good way to meet people as well. So what are you looking forward to most then? Because, I mean, you know, we did a couple of podcasts like in the absolute height of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, where we talked about the sort of the, you know, the 3D space. And, you know, we talked about everything being virtual and it being really difficult to sort of get on. So, What's the hope for Arcadum, you know, with this 
event coming up in February? What do you really want to try and get out of this? Honestly, it's just continuing off the successor signal. Um, the stand went down ridiculously well. Even I was shocked at how well the stand went. It looked amazing. And it's just continuing that hype, meeting the people that we met there, finalizing things, meeting new people, getting you know new interest, and just promoting Arcadum um, like never before. I mean, the fact that we're on these TVs at the show, you know, we've got this media presence. A lot of play people don't have that. And it right. doesn't matter if you have a stand necessarily, because people are going to see these TVs, you know. We can brag about the fact that we're on, we're on this media. Yeah. And that's cool because I suppose for you guys, if you just churn out the same thing and, you know, one of the things I used to find whenever we used to do events, if you just go there and put a stand up that looks exactly the same as every stand that you do at any event anywhere in the world, it gets really boring real mm. quick. You know, this time, I suppose, if you guys have got that sort of media presence, sometimes that has a bigger impact when people are sitting down there having a cup of coffee, having a sandwich at lunchtime, you know, chatting about stuff. They're going to see you all of the time. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's going to be massive. So just on that sort of media pack that you guys are going to be putting out there, what sort of stuff did you say you were going to showcase? So initially, there's going to be a video that plays throughout, throughout the show, and it's kind of like a sneak peek of Arcadum Q1 this year. Mm -hmm. um, we have five games launching, and the games are getting better and better with each game, just evolving constantly. We have some really cool features. But we just want to tease people and if they want to you know, see this great artwork and then they hear this music that's attached to this sneak peek trailer, they can reach out to us and we can show them some more exciting details about it because you want to catch people's attention. You don't want to sit there with like a five minute thing that no one's going to watch. Yeah, so. yeah, no, totally. Because that leads into one of the other things that that's really being talked about in the industry right now is that player personalization right because that seems to be massive it everything seems to be really focusing on what the player wants um and how to improve it so where do you guys sit with you know you've got five games coming out where do you guys yeah. sit in terms of player personalization how what are you doing to try and improve that all the time for your players so as i'm sure you're aware with the storyline content that we have that's yeah. one of the you know the things we try to and that's been huge with. since day one though right yeah yeah but what we're doing now is we're evolving the games of every single game this quarter is uh, really significant because the first game in the quarter is our best game to date so far uh neo right. samurai capture and it's like the third game in that series which you know is continuing the, you know that like great storyline yep but the we've improved the visuals of the game we've improved the atmosphere and it's i mean you've you've seen it yourself it's, it's feeling yeah, really it's epic good. Um, <laughs> yeah it's and it's really enjoyable game the mechanics across all the games are bringing out five brand new game mechanics for, for all these games as well so you know it's not a reskin or anything like that it's really refreshing for the players to see so we're hitting the quarter with a bank right. but from the second game onwards uh, galactic tour we're evolving the music we've been working really close with the people that do our music and basically the music is going to start reacting in the base game when the player's spinning to what's going on on the screen and we're trying to give that gamified experience but with the music and then from the third game onwards, uh, Fight for Neverland and Book of Insert Name here being key ones here, we're adding that great music, those great mechanics, but also we're bringing back characters on the side of the reel with some new great animation. And right. really simple, but the character's going to start reacting to what's going on on the screen. So, you know, the player gets a big win, the character's going to stamp in the feet, you know, not very happy. When the player's losing, they're going to tease the player a little bit. And we're not pushing it to the extreme, but we're just bringing that kind of gamified playfulness into it you know where the character is going to be egging the player on you know, encouraging them like oh you know oh, you had a great win i hate you and then the music is going to reflect that and then the mechanics and then the visuals 
some of the visuals that we got coming for the rest of this year are, are insane. So it's just, like I said, it's bringing that innovation, bringing that gamification and not being stagnant, you know, yeah. actually evolving. Yeah, because I suppose it, it, it's that introduction because I think, and again, all the podcasts that we've done now at this stage, you're always talking about, you know, streamers. You're talking about how many people sit there and watch a streamer just play mm -hmm. a game. I suppose with this instance now, rather than, you know, you've got an audience there watching you, you feel part of the game because you've got characters within the game that are playing to your style, I suppose, to some extent. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. how does that, and just again, because I think this is this is good for, for the audience to sort of hear a little bit more about from you. How does that come about? You know, do you guys just sit around, get a boatload of coffee, you know, and sit there and go, what do we do next? How do we improve next? Or is there certain trendsetters that you follow or where do these sort of ideas come from to improve this sort of gamification of the player experience? It comes across the board from the team. Um, we kind of sit there and we discuss the games before, you know, we even work, work on them in terms of the artwork and then development, etc. And we always try to make the experience better for the player. And we also started bringing more talent into our kitchen, especially right. in the design team. Okay. And bringing this talent in is allowing us to do this animation, you know, Working close with the people who do our music, they're fantastic. These can't say who they are, but these people, you know, tour festivals and you know they're playing in Tokyo, Brazil, you know, wherever. Right. And these people know exactly what triggers people want to hear when they're playing, you know, ramped up for music. So we listen to their feedback, and this is how this kind of innovations come in terms of the reactive kind of music. Okay. So it's about listening to ideas and not shooting them down. Um, companies that I've worked in the past. You know, innovation is always killed by being stagnant or lack yeah. of, you know, structure in terms of management or people not wanting to do anything because people take credit for the work or, you know, whatever, a toxic environment. But we don't have that in Arcadum. Um, the way the kind of staff and myself work together is ridiculously well. Some of these people have worked with for a very long time, nearly two years now. Um, so the trust is there. And, you know, we try ideas, we don't work out, we may have wasted a few days, but then, you know, like this experiment didn't work. And if it yeah. worked out, it's like, great, how can we improve this, you know? And I think the biggest thing for that is if you look at the mechanics that we're turning out this year, that's that's a great example. If you look at the artwork, especially from our first game to, to capture, which is a great example. The Neo Samurai was our first game, uh, Kawa. Yeah. Yeah. And then the first game of this year is Capture. And that's the third game in that series. And if you look at the artwork there, and you look at the artwork now, it's the leaps and bounds. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it really is. So just staying on that just for a sec, right? Because I think it's really cool that you have that sort of collaborative approach to creativity. Because I think if you're not being creative as a as a type of company that you guys are, you will just become very stagnant. Any company would. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You've always got to look to push the boundaries a little bit and try try new things. Do you ever look to try and get, you know, user feedback as well do you know what i mean say you come up with an idea and be like man this would be really cool do you have like a, a number of players or you know people that are that are close to arcadum that aren't physically working arcadum that you could go if we did this this and this what do you think about this do you know what i mean do you have that sort of focus group ability or is it just focusing on the team because you guys are so knowledgeable on on the industry itself so we can get feedback in several ways Firstly, from ourselves, when we play the games, you know, mm -hmm. we see what our competitors do and we play it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The second for me is the fact that we control our own distribution now and it's, it's going ridiculously well. Like, Arcadum 2.0 launch has blown my mind. Brilliant. Uh, and now the fact that I can, you know, see numbers and see players, 
and we've had all-time highs every single month from you know um, players everything and the fact i can now see players playing games and i can like analyze that as well and see you know what they really enjoy playing and across the board it's been great in general but i see you know certain things that are doing better and i'm like okay we can maybe improve this or maybe we do some more of this or you know whatever and then the lastly what i would say as well is i have a lot of uh, close contacts with um streamer affiliates and review sites yeah and a lot of companies pay for these reviews uh we don't i just simply say to the uh, reviewers or whatever just read the game if it's bad it's bad if it's good it's good because i want an honest opinion yeah and if you pay for a review it, it, you can tell it's rubbish yeah of course you can you can, you can tell straight away yeah and it, and some providers that i've seen reviews for i know what players are playing because i watch streamers you know I, I keep in touch with the players themselves i jump in the stream chats and just you know have a joke with them because they know who i am and yeah so it's, it's like a big headed thing it's because i know the streamer and they are oh, phillips here blah 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 yeah and i have a general laugh with players and i'm talking to them a lot of providers don't do that yeah um i think we're very unique in that aspect that clearly i'm sad and have no life um, <laughs> but the, you know the the differences as well though because you know if you're in there involved with streamers and players that's like firsthand do you know what i mean if you're sitting in there chatting to them it's like jesus you're actually taking the time to ask questions get to know them a little bit better find out you know how and what they're getting from the games itself that's only going to be better for gameplay for later on down the line and all mm -hmm. these other games that are coming out it actually makes it uh funny as well because i'll be honest i don't care if a player wins or loses mm. like if the player wins it's great pr right they're going to come back and play again and they're enjoying yeah they're enjoying the experience yeah. if you lose let's face it we make money yeah so i don't care but when when you're in the chat players streamers themselves and like uh, people in the chat like to you know like make fun of like oh you just got like a you know two 300 x winning your game haha <laughs> and i'm like great great win like it's great you, you're literally watching this guy get a great win yeah great for me you know um but it makes it you know a lot more reactive a lot more funnier as well because you get into that like chat where you're just having a joke with people and i think that's what arcadum's always been good at because we've until recently until we you know we got the new investment as we spoke about previously and arcadum yeah. 2.0 now the fact we're in control we can you know push our destiny it's, it's going great you know we're, we're literally really really going really well um, but before that, we didn't really have much to spend on marketing and things like that. And this is why we were doing this. Yeah. But we actually learned that through doing this, it's actually a good form of marketing as well. Yeah. Um, and you learn, we, you know, we, we had to evolve with every single game we've ever had just because we didn't have the resources to sit there and do nothing. And I think that's paying dividends now because when we've actually got the resource, the stuff we're producing now, because we've learned all the mistakes, we've learned all the lessons. We know how to market, we know how to make a game. You know, we know how to talk to players. Now we're taking them lessons and smacking it with some resources and, you know, going to the moon as such. Yeah. No, no, totally. And again, because, you know, the amount of work and effort that you've put in over the last few years to try and make this a go, having funds available to actually start telling people who you are, what you are, what you're about, makes a massive difference. Because it's not all of a sudden you're going to stop not sleeping and, you know, not going on streams and all that sort of stuff. It's just going to be compound effect from here on in i think mate to be honest mm -hmm. so one of the questions that we wanted to ask you as well this morning is on this whole social revolution um of the iGaming industry which is obviously players wanting to share their wins and their successes more than ever before 
Um, we've certainly seen a huge element of that across social media. Do you know what I mean? People going, not just streamers as well, but normal people going across the social media platforms, irrespective mm -hmm. of what platform it is and telling people. What do you guys think of that now more so? Because it never really happened that much. Unless you were a massive streamer that you did amazingly well and you did X, Y, and Z, you're now seeing the average player wanting to get out there and tell the world how they're doing. What do you guys, do you guys have an opinion on it or what do you think? It's a complicated topic, actually, because right. a lot of changes have happened recently in the last few months. Uh, yeah. Twitch and YouTube were like the places to stream on and you'll put videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, YouTube is still the place to put videos and people do stream on YouTube, but it's a bit more trickier because of YouTube's guidelines and you know whatnot. Um, then Twitch came in with a, a new mandate, a new policy update that was basically really weird. They were going after kind of crypto casino gambling mm. um, with the excuse not regulated because there was a lot of drama where some streamer was stealing money from people or whatever because he could gamble on sports betting which has nothing to do with casino anyway um, and then loads of other streamers wanted to boycott and blah 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 and then train wrecked this really big streamer a really big casino streamer as well who's I watch him I think he's hilarious I think he's a really good content streamer and he actually helps a lot of people Right. It was like a war between him and everyone else because he was trying to support, you know, the, the casino side of the gambling. Um, and then basically Twitch banned that. So you can stream at um, regulated casinos online, but it's only a matter of time until probably they ban that from, from what I've seen because people in other categories seem to be like overstepping their mark because they're losing viewers. So obviously they want to stop that. Right. Um, so they're kind of trying to spike that category. Um, but then what happened off the back of that is Twitch was totally okay with sports betting then. You know, they did a deal with the NFL yeah. for a few billion. So, you know, of course there would be. A couple of quid. Yep. Happy um, Larry. You know, allegedly, of course. Oh, obviously, um, yeah. And then basically a lot of other stuff started popping up. So there was this thing called DLive, which was kind of like sort of Twitch where people were going to streams, like a crypto streaming platform. Right. Uh, but it wasn't, it was like in beta, so it wasn't established enough. But then Trainwreck, as an advisor, and some people, investor-wise, I'm not too sure who they are, basically decided to go and start something called, called Kick. Um, right. It's basically Twitch, and it has none of the restrictions that Twitch imposed on stuff like this. And then they've gone over there, Trainwreck was literally one of the biggest streamers on Twitch, and he's basically dragged everyone over there. So, right, okay. you know, so the platform's going to blow up in no time then? Yeah, it's, from yeah. what I see, it's, it's gone from just starting out like a month and a bit ago to starting to get established, so, you know... Um, it's it's really interesting how Twitch just basically created a rival of themselves. But again, you can compare it to how Blockbuster basically said get lost to Netflix when you had the chance to buy it and Netflix absolutely crushed them. Yeah. So, you know, we could see that comparison in the future. Who knows? Because um, a lot of people are now going on to there for other categories, not just the slots and casino one. Um, so as I said, there's been a lot of changes. I just wanted to give that background into that because you can understand then how it's evolved in just literally three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we're seeing the community react as like a collective. Like the community has grown so much in the gambling streaming space. And I think Twitch didn't realize how big this was um, and how much money there is to be made for these streamers, how much money there is to be made for the players who are watching them because they have giveaways and things like that. So it's becoming a lot more social. Um, but again, I think it's, generated really off video games because when youtube started people started doing video game videos right yeah and then switch came about and then people started streaming video games and then it was natural then for people to want to start streaming casino 
people have been doing casino for like since like 2000 mid 2010s um but it only started getting real juggernaut traction in the last few years because technology evolved even more right yeah. and things like discord came about where people could talk together as a group and you know, like one person can be like gambling like privately and people can watch i do that sometimes when i'm blaming you know right, okay. some people watch me and it's like turns into a bit of social event especially with covid right um, oh, gotcha, especially so yeah so it's starting to become more of a social aspect but there's some platforms that are looking to come out in gambling and i'm very wary of them because they're trying to say they'll be the new twitch of gambling in terms of like they'll encourage people to gamble as a syndicate together on a game or something like that it's been apparently in somebody still has been in development for two years from my perspective of it it's bad for responsible gambling because you shouldn't be encouraging a group of players to gamble together yeah um money laundering is an aspect that could be exposed to something like that so that's the dangerous side of this thing you know this is the side that needs regulating you know someone watching someone play that's that's not a responsible gambling issue in my opinion just because this person could be addicted to gambling you know it happens yeah. unfortunately yeah but they could use this as a way to you know watching someone play could be like they could feel like they're playing and they could like you know help them lower the gambling which you see a lot of people talk about that they say i'm you know watching you x y and z it really helps me because i don't gamble no more because i'll just watch you you know yeah so that's I, interesting I, thought to it as well so i feel like that's kind of responsible gambling too in a sense it can be a flip side it might encourage people to gamble don't get me wrong but in general Unless it goes I, the same with anything though, doesn't it Do you know what i mean yeah. anything like that could be could be seen as a, as a as a negative but i think for this i think you've got to see it more as the the sort of the positive side of it as well yeah, exactly. and be aware of it um but with this these platforms that are coming out that are kind of encouraging people to gamble together and mm. with this thing i'm very wary of just because you know it's there's a lot of issues that i can see um from a legal standpoint and also you know a responsible gambling standpoint i mean don't get me wrong these platforms could go out they could be amazing and they could perform well yeah but for me i just have concerns we'll see when they launch but i would not want to encourage a group of players to gamble collectively because it can cause so many issues like someone can put more in the pot and they you know they want to split more than others you know just arguments you know how people do it all the time especially oh, yeah, when you get exactly. a big win yeah so just on that aspect money yeah just from that aspect alone it's it's really weird um so but, does yeah. that get regulated or yeah because so, again you've got to think of you've got to think of your brand right the brand the reputation of arcadum mm-hmm. again it, it it's starting to take off would you as a as a sort of a, a company and a brand yourself who owns content that, that people go on and and play the games would you have any power over people going ahead and doing that and playing your games could you yeah you know, so these platforms they've been doing deals with uh, providers and casinos um right so it's kind of at our discretion if we'd want to use, you know use it it's like a, they're using it as like a promotional tool i guess i get you yeah um, but for us you know i don't think we need to promote ourselves in that we're very heavy on the stream thing and my argument's always been for these platforms because they want to be the new twitch or netflix or gambling or whatever yeah for me twitch exists youtube exists kick exists it's already done yeah. you know and Discord exists. If people want to gamble, you know, together as a thing, like I said, you know, I, I sometimes stream in Discord and people watch me. I don't encourage them to gamble with me. They watch me. But you can do that together, you know? Um, so for me, the product kind of already exists and they are going through licensing because they have to, you know, if they're a platform like this, they have to kind of use that. Yeah. But again, it's I know they've been approved by some regulatory bodies, but regulatory bodies approve stuff all the time. And then they see something's wrong and then they put a new rule in and that's the rule. 
Yeah. Because you know, the, the regulator is more reactive than proactive. Um, so you'll always see, like, if something comes out, they think it's, like, really the, bad, they'll, the put, they'll put a rule in place. Yeah, straight away and react to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, again, it, it could come out, you see it. There's, there's several platforms I've seen like this um, in development or close to launch. Again, I could be wrong. It could, you know, explode and be a really cohesive unit into, you know, what streaming is at the moment. But from my personal opinion, from a safety perspective, I prefer people just watch on Twitch and things like that. Yeah. And also, to be to be the next Twitch of gambling, it already exists. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's like us making a game, a perfect copy of a game that already exists, and saying, "Oh, this is a new arcade game." You know, no one's ever seen this before. You know, it's um, yeah. But again, that's my personal opinion. Um, so I don't reflect on the company or anything like that. That's no, no, me. obviously, and, and and I think I think people are aware of that, and that's why they listen to this podcast because I think it's having that in-depth knowledge and understanding of you know all of these new things because gambling's like been around for forever you know what i mean mm. literally for forever so there's always going to be you know the evolution of the gambling industry um and there's always going to be new technology now that're going to be coming in and try and do this that and the other so no it's great to get your opinion on it mate for sure okay one of the things that we we didn't touch off when we were talking about you know, player experience and personalization. And I know you briefly talk about it, but we did actually have a specific question that I want to go back to is a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just on the the graphics that you guys use. You, know, you guys are 100% setting a reputation for the type of graphics that you use and all that sort of stuff. So how do you see in a, in a, in a, in a wider sense, how do you improve what you've done and how does that then evolve this year? So... We always try and make better graphics than before of every single game because the way we develop games in terms of the graphics is very unique. Um, we don't have like a mega team of artists. Um, we have very talented artists and they take responsibility for that storyline, that specific game, and they really love doing that. And they love jumping around on themes. And the art team that we have is stellar. Like, what can I say? The artwork speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But we started introducing um, more talent into the team, which is which is fantastic. And part of that talent is animation. So the animation that I spoke about recently with you know the character on the side yeah. of the reel. Yeah. So two games this quarter is going to have that. Next quarters going onwards are going to have more of that, but more refined versions of that. So that's going to evolve. You know, okay. we want to perfect this. But the way we want to perfect it is to a certain extent that it doesn't be heavy on the game. So. Normally, Arcadium games have been sitting at 12 megabytes, 13 megabytes right. tops. So we are upping the megabyte usage for the games for this, um, under 20 still. Right. Um, and it's just mastering that ability to do a certain amount of animation, but keep it within that limit of you know megabytes. But again, when we look at some of our rivals, for example, the megabyte usage that we use for our games is still lower compared to them. Right. Um, and I think that still allows us that cutting edge. So we, we're trying to master the fact that we're getting these great graphics and these great animations, but still being able to load the game up anywhere. Which is a huge thing. Absolutely yeah. huge. I mean, it's all well and good having the best all singing and dancing looking game, but if it's not going to play on people's devices, it's going to be pointless. Well, it's, yeah. it's not the fact that it might not play. It's the fact it's, it just loads at load time. Yeah. So I've played some games in the past where you sat there, you're on your mobile, or even on desktop, sat there. And it's like loading and it goes through a loading screen and it goes through another loading screen. I don't know for a fact it's lazy loading because we make games. Um, and it's like, I know this game's like 50 megs plus, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and you sat there and you're just like, should I be playing this game? Maybe I should go play something else. Yeah. So I want arcade games. Exactly. You want yeah. arcade games to load up fast. You want them to look good, and that's that pitch kit. Yeah, that that's the interaction that you're then going to get with gamers straight away, because if it loads straight away, then they're in. They're straight away. They're enjoying the experience, and off they go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so this then leads to the final question. Um, and again, it's it's. I think I ask this all the time, but it is a bit of a cheeky question. But I like being cheeky. Okay. You know, one of the things that we talked about back in November when we when when you launched Arcadem 2.0 was mm -hmm. the fact that you launched this whole bunch of games that you had sitting around waiting. We're now talking about we're launching the next five. So let's move past that and think of you know 2023 because obviously mm -hmm. we're January. We're setting ourselves. We're setting the stall out for the rest of the year. What have you got down the line that maybe you could just briefly talk about, just to wet people's whistle a little bit and see what's in development of some of the new games after these next five that you've talked about already? So we have 10 more games coming out after this. Right. Um, so, you know... <laughs> Keep you on your thing. toes, mate. Seriously. You yeah, know exactly. So, but like I said, there's never a dull day in Arcade. You know, it's, oh. it's always Nobody exciting. takes a day off. Nobody takes a day off. <laughs> yeah, what's this thing called? A day off? Day off? Like, you what? I don't off. sleep. I don't need days off. Like I think when I like get off a plane at two AM, I'm still working, you know. <laughs> um, but jokes aside, you know, ten more games. But two of those games are actually arcade and classic games that have been remastered that are coming out. Right. Because we felt previously, well, I mean, let's be honest, I, I know the numbers now. We're we're doing really well, you know. Arcadium's yep. really motoring, but this is typically iceberg. We're going to be in different light years next next year and, and the year after that and year after that. You know, the growth is going to be really good. Yeah. But I always felt our older games, because we couldn't control distribution, whatever, didn't get a fair shot. So now they're coming out. Some like some of them have completely been overhauled graphically and everything. That's what we, I was going to ask. Actually, have you done some alterations to some of the yes. original ones? Cool. So one of them is under a different name, and it's been graphically overhauled completely. The mechanics are exactly the same. So players might still guess which it is, but we'll, we'll keep them guessing. Right. And then the other one is a game that players are going to know that we're just polishing certain things on. You're making a like HD version of the game. Cool. Um, so we feel like players who appreciate those games are actually going to see them again, but in you know in a better form. Right. But then we have also a lot of brand new games coming up. Um, which players are going to like. Storylines are continuing. New storylines are popping up. Um, I, think I was going to say, have you got any really cool arcs of storylines? Obviously, you know, if you look at the character, yeah, you know, we have number three. and got We have cool quite a ones. lot coming out in terms of storylines. Um, right. We have more characters, which I think my head's going to explode one day. With all these I can imagine it's going to explode completely, mate, the amount of games coming out of your head. Um, I think, honestly, the best game of Q1 for me personally is a book of insert name here. Mm, right. um, great mechanics we've evolved uh, kind of the book game mechanics because um, there's always a book of something right yeah um, so many book games out there so we've literally just got a book of insert name here we've got the only book you know very, very but put, put whatever name you want there um, and we've really took the theme and we ran away with it and I know you've seen some of the artwork that we have teased you yeah um, it's so good the artwork for that game uh, yeah, and the theme sick. as well yeah it's we're kind of making a joke you know at the industry but not, not too far you know yeah and then some of the games that we got coming later on in the year, some of the sequels and some of the new stories are so nice. Um, I think some of the stories from Q1 are really good as well, like Fight for Neverland. Um, clearly a Peter Pan game, but it's an arcade on Peter Pan game. So, you know, it's always... It's going to be badass looking then. It's, it's full of jokes, you know. It's, uh, it's quite, quite a good game. And then we have a sequel coming for that next year. Right. Um, brand new mechanics and things like that. 
And then Galactic Tour, like I mentioned before, where the music's going to really evolve in Q1. Um, that's going to be the defining game for the rest of the games uh, this year because we, we're nailing this now, this um, evolving music. Yeah. Once we do it, it's going to be, it's going to be all the games going forward, you know. Um, so it's just really exciting to see how players receive these new mechanics, this new artwork, these new stories, and this kind of new music as well. Cool. And the one thing as well, I think, you know, for the audience as well that they can look forward to is... You know, once you've brought out some new characters and some new games and stuff, we'll get them on a podcast as well, and, and let's see oh, the absolute God. madness continue Not with all the new characters. Podcast, Matt. <laughs> Not one. I mean, it was great last time um, to do. We'll the give all the podcast. characters a break just for a couple of months, just to sort of lay low and just chill it, out. It's a more writing the scripts. It's more writing the scripts. <laughs> I have to be like three or six people at once, <laughs> telling myself jokes and then laughing Suit at you. someone else's Suit voice. You. Seriously, man, it's all good. So yeah, good. I think I'm going to end up in a loony bin at some point. Mate, it's all right. Don't worry. At least it'll be an arcade-themed loony bin, mate. It'll suit you. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Just draw characters on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Oh, be hello, fine. Crossbreed's nice to see you today. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, listen, pleasure as always. Thanks a million um, for jumping on the podcast this week. Um, really good luck to you at ICE. Um, go and smash it out the park. And uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you straight afterwards. And you can tell us all about how it got on. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Take Cheers, care. man. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. Bye. This has been a Rocket Media production for Arcadum. Mm-hmm.